Well, hello again and welcome to another podcast at Hunting Under Heaven. I'm your host, James Schultz, and I'm trying to pick up on the subject matter that we've been dealing with out of Romans chapter 13 um, concerning uh, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. And I think I'm going to name this series Big Lies Matter. Also small ones do, but big lies that are perpetrated in the face of humanity, they matter. And when darkness raises its ugly head and manifests itself in treasonous acts and murder and the tyranny that's going on today and looting, thieving, it does matter because it is a big fat lie. And we are not going to even address what matters. I actually believe that eternal life matters, and that's the most important life that matters, Jesus Christ and his life that he gives, that he gave, and that he continues to bless us with his presence through the power of the Holy Spirit. So a big lie does matter, and to the sons of men and children of God today, it should matter to you to not be the sheep that continue to hide and have the wool pulled over your eye and not call the wolf a wolf when it is a wolf and not uh, call a false shepherd a false shepherd uh, that does not protect uh, the people. So the children of God need to understand today, everyone, that uh, we have been sold a big fat lie uh, in so many areas. And it's such a blessing to have God's word of truth uh, resound praise back to him and to give us strength out of his word. I want to continue with the, the subject matter in Romans chapter 13, dealing with the power, dealing with the power of God, dealing with the law of God, and as it pertains to his church and as it pertains to the spiritual kingdom, I think we need to really uh, back off on the subject of trying to make everything fit uh, the political death sentence going on in the uh, media and the dead governments of the world. And it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a spiritual kingdom uh, that is ruled and um, managed by the great governor of our soul, the great master, King of Kings, Jesus Christ the righteous. So I want to pick up with um, chapter 13, verse uh five and six and really deal with the subject of what he concludes in this and then hopefully get down to the uh the last part of this chapter that i believe really gives some important answers and i hope you see that today that what's coming at the end of this chapter is proof of the pudding it's proof of the cream of the crop it is proof of what paul is actually talking about not what modern man and their weakness it's trying to advocate that it has to apply to just governments of men. Uh, it has, it's actually got such power in the end of this chapter that's unbelievable. So we got to take it as a whole, and we got to also look at what was prior to this chapter in uh, chapter uh, 12, which is beautiful. You can go back and look at that. I'm going to continue on, though, with the subject of giving, paying tribute, uh, attending on the things that were spoken. And Paul says, Wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience. He gives two things, the judgment and also what you already know and bear witness in your conscience of your mind to do right and wrong. 
unless your mind is reprobate and the hot iron of corruption and sin has seared it toward that it is is without conscience and and you can read romans chapter one on that's a good study on the conscience and the mind of man into chapter two of how it was seared and how it is given over to a um, dead uh, blind path but he says in verse six here of chapter 13 for this cause pay ye tribute why is why is that important pay ye tax for this cause pay ye tax and then i'll read the rest of it pay ye tribute for they are god's ministers they are god's ministers attending continually upon this very thing what are god's ministers attending on what is their attention upon god's ministers meaning god's vessels he's ordained for the ministry we're not talking about the reprobate silver of humanity we're not talking about the clay pots of liberalism and the idolatry system we're not talking about those this scripture verse is not talking about and i want you to clearly see this it's not talking about politicians and governors of wickedness and tyrannical uh, systems of judges out of order and justice systems decaying. It's talking about God's law, God's church, God's way, God's kingdom, his spiritual kingdom. And he's talking about those that he's appointed for that. Those that are God called, not man appointed. Big difference between God called ministers and man appointed hirelings. Yes, hirelings that are on the take financially, they preach for money. Pull their money, they leave, most of them. So we have a, we have to look at this. For this cause pay ye tribute also. Now uh, we we you have to look at the scriptures. Uh, the Bible teaches us that the scriptures interpret scripture, right? Uh, is that not true? I mean, a lot of people would say, Oh man, you know, you you you're just making these interpretations up as you go. Well, I'm gonna I believe bring the scripture to light and no prophecy is of any private interpretation, but holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost and they wrote these things down. And so when I, when I go to the scripture and I see this, that yes, there is a tribute to be paid. There is a quote tax. There is a, uh, a finance right here before our very eyes to be, tra uh, be uh, paid. Let's, um, let's look at what the, the scriptures actually mean. So, when the, the scriptures teach that the disciples and there were some Pharisees around, they're all talking and they're doing this, uh, uh, having the subject uh, of uh, uh, a conversation. They, it gets to a point where these men were like, let's, tr let's see if we can trick him. I want to do something here to trick the words of the Lord, see if we can bring him down. And uh, there, then said the king in verse 13, Matthew 22, uh, well, let me jump a little bit further. 13, 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. We go into 15. Then went the Pharisees. And, and why I'm breaking in here quickly is because there's so much subject to cover. You could go back and read that whole, whole chapter of Matthew 22. But I'm going to break in and I, I'm making a point here on what the subject matter of Paul's writings in, in uh, uh, Romans 13 is talking about. Uh, he says, then went the Pharisees and took counsel because they were so mad at him because he always answered perfect questions. 
how they might entangle him in his talk. Is this not verbal judo? Is this not an ability to foot sweep your opponent? They wanted to come in and dismantle him and see the ignorance, see if he would step all over himself and see that if they could win this conversation by creating something that they thought was cunning and wise. Pharisees went, they took counsel, they might entangle him in his talk, and they and this is the beauty of God's word, uh, Jesus Christ's word there, is, it's not going to happen. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Master, isn't it interesting, Master? Oh, Master, give him some um, accolades. Uh, but our whole, the whole heart of them beneath the surface is wickedness. It's, it's, a, it's not for good, it's for evil. Come, let's talk, but in the meantime, we're going to make a pit for you to fall in. Master, we know that thou art true. Oh, and, and thou teachest the way of God in truth. Wow, some acknowledgement there, but it's pandering to the situation. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of man. And you know, that's really like, oh, you're such a great a teacher and a rabbi, and you're so master, master. Tell us, therefore, what thing, isn't that flattery? Isn't that how that works? Flattery, flattery, but really knives are drawn. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Oh, that's a big subject in itself. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? He knows that the wicked one on Mount Hermon is always trying to tempt him to fall tempt him to fail and he knows it here why tempt ye me ye hypocrites show me the tribute money so as we go back to what paul says he says for this cause pay ye tribute also now here's the answer to that show me the tribute money i i want you pastors that are going to argue with this and all you men out there that are going to argue with this show me the tribute money because I know the tribute money that you pay is 501c3 tax exemption. So, of course, you're going to defend the fact that you have to bow down to the shill system of evil governors outside of, quote, your religiosity. Because really, your religiosity and your man-made religious system bows to the feet of Nebuchadnezzar, Babylonian systems, and to Caesar. That's who you're married to. So, of course, you have to defend your position when you're married to the state wait wow so the lord basically is like i know the naughtiness of your heart i know why y'all are home and not preaching i know why y'all are, are afraid to speak the truth because you know what you might have your exemption your tax exemption uh, recovered and you'd have to pay big dividends to the state your overlord uh this is the problem with all the quote fake churches in america and i say fake they're on the take that's why they're fake Jesus perceived their wickedness, and he doesn't call it anything less than that. He says he knew their wickedness. So I am telling the churches today, I know your sorcery. I know your harlotry. I know your wickedness. I know who you're in bed with. I know who you commit lewdness with, and yet you still use this name of Jesus Christ in your pulpits, and you still blaspheme the worthy name from which you say you're called, but yet you preach another gospel, you have another rock, and your towers that you build are built upon the Babylonian system of Shinar, which means quaking sand or shifting soil. That's where you build your system, and it's empty, and it's dead, and it's of the whorehouse. 
and see the whorehouse of Jerusalem of old, the mother of harlots, the abominations of the earth that was found there. I mean, wait a minute. You're going to say that that's Jerusalem. That's what it's called. The mother of harlots. She's the mother of the false systems of men. So this false system of men, you really get back down to it, is Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. Go ahead and read Matthew 23 again. Go look at the whole chapter of Revelation chapter 11. For in Jerusalem, what he says that, that it was part Sodom and part Egypt, part fornication of filthiness, part idolatrous practices. That's Jerusalem. You know how I can tell? Because it says where also our Lord was crucified. That's Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. This is the, the bag of, of filthiness. And he says, show me the tribute money. What do you pay? Where is, show it to me. Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, whose is this image and superscription? You know what? Whose image are you bearing? Whose image do you have on your forehead, O false church? Whose image do you have, O false religious institution of the dead? Whose image do you have, O cemeteries of the dead, not seminaries? Whose image do you have on your hand? What mark is it? it is, is it the blood of Christ? Is it holiness unto the Lord? Or is it the superscription or the tribute money of Caesar and Rome and the state, the whore state? Which one is it? All you religious institutions of the dead and of men that belch out hireling messages of emptiness and you uh, tell the people to tithe anise and mint and cumin and, and you neglect the weightier matters of the law, which is mercy and grace and truth and the sovereignty of God. You, 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 you dress in long clothes and make big prayers on the street corners. You, you have, you, outwardly you look like nice little sheep, but inwardly you're ravening wolves. This is a system to devour widows' homes. You, you make uh, long prayers in the marketplace to be seen of men and make broad your phylacteries, which are your scrolls of all the things you know in the scriptures and all the um, uh, uh, mind that you have to remember and call by heart things that you know and you're great and they're broad. But you know what? Inwardly, you're empty. Inwardly, the system of men today is empty and it's leading more men astray. You know, the Word of God says you encompass land and sea to make a proselyte. And when he's made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than you, yourselves. This is nonsense what's going on. So he, the, Jesus here is asking, let me see the penny. Let me see what you covet. And let's see what the inscription is and whose image is on there. Because I see another image that Jesus manifested, which is the express image of the Father. And we have his image written on the tables of our heart where he dwells. And the image that's on this coin he shows is the image of Caesar. This is Romanism. They say unto him, when he says, who's this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, render, give, therefore unto Caesar's the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. So, brethren and sisters and friends and patriots and family, when the Bible says here in chapter 6 of Romans, For this cause pay ye tribute also. What? To who? who? Well, who's your image? What have you portrayed? 
Who are you controlled by? See, I believe most of the churches in America, whether they like it or not, are under a false doctrine of free willism and universalism. They are under a false teaching of end times theology, which is corrupt because they have to manufacture a new great high priest and animal sacrifices and they have to come up with some uh, um, new Messiah, which they don't, they don't believe in this Messiah. They have to come up with another to place him there. I believe that. See, you got the system right now that is teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. They're teaching emptiness. They're not teaching that the kingdom of God is spiritual. They're teaching that it is future, temporal, and physical. So the, the scriptures, no wonder they have to say that this whole thing applies to them and the, the system of the dead that, quote, control them. The government does control them, but the true church of God, it does not control. The true children of God that are under the light and the power of the Holy Ghost, it does not control. And they do not bow to the tribute money of Caesar. Why do you think Jesus went into the temple and said, you've made my father's house a den of thieves, and he cast them out? Why? Because that was not part of his church. That is not part of his temple. They had made a outward temple a den of thieves. So how can we make an inward work of the Holy Spirit another den of thieves? You need to repent and turn from the stupidity of being lulled to sleep under the, uh, the uh, control of the state. For this cause, pay ye tribute. What cause? Of conscience and of wrath? Judgment of God? We're still talking about the church here. We're still talking about the church. We're not talking about the government, the dead governments of men. We're talking about what's going on within the church because judgment must first begin at the house of God. This is what we're dealing with. For they are God's ministers. Who? The angels to the churches. The called ones appointed by God. The, the apostles of old were the ministers to the churches. They were the authority. I, I mean, you go back to Peter and his preaching. There is authority there. There is Paul's authority in preaching. And there is healing of sick and the dead. And there is raising up of the dead. There is an apostolic power placed upon them that is given to them. And this is a fearful thing. The Lord God Almighty has ordained through his power elders in all of his churches but we have had a replacement of sorts with a marriage to state authority, and that's what I'm trying to get at. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. What are they continuing uh, continually upon? What are they attending continually upon? The, the preaching of righteousness, on judgment, on wrath, obedience, Jesus Christ and him crucified, the way, the truth, and the life. This is what it is, he's talking about. And so when we give tribute, what are we doing? Hey, he said, render unto Caesars, give tribute unto Caesars, the thing that are Caesars, and render unto God the things that are God. That's why we're talking about God right now. Render unto God the things that are God and quit trying to make the rendering here into rendering something unto Caesar. You know how to render things unto Caesar. And when he calls for God's people to disobey God, we wind up like Peter and the disciples cast into prison. We wind up like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego put in the fire. 
So that is the distinction that we have to have. And so I say, woe unto all you pastors that have fallen down to state authority and listen to their orders that are false and illegal and shut your, quote, churches down for fear of uh, uh, being turned in. Okay. For this cause, pay tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending, continue, attending excuse me, continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due. Now, here you go. You look through the scriptures, and I, I don't, I don't want to bring a, a laborious subject matter here. I want to get on to the end of the uh, chapter here. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, laying up in store the things for the ministers of, the, of God. 1 Corinthians 9, 11 through 13 and 14. And I, you know what? I might, I might look at that. Uh, but I'm, no, I'm going to go on for, and then second Corinthians 11, eight, where Paul said he robbed other churches to make up their lack. You look at what went on in the church of God and there was different customs. And what did Paul say? Some said, uh, you know, long hair, short hair. Well, he said, we have no such custom in the churches of God. There are certain customs. There were certain tributes. There were certain levies. You look at old when the children of Israel were required by Moses to to give uh, their 10 percent, uh, and there that uh, uh, treasure chest was overwhelmingly full at those initial stages of of Israel coming out of um, Egypt, and he finally had to tell them, "Hey, enough, enough, enough! We got plenty." So there's different places in the Scripture where we see tribute and custom that is uh, different than other places. Some ate certain things, some didn't eat certain things. Some had certain levies, some didn't have certain levies. Some had certain, there was weak brethren, there was strong brethren. Some would eat meat, some wouldn't would eat meat. So uh, there was this uh, total um, uh, picture that Paul's giving to the churches to, uh, to look at, and this is what I'm saying, it does not apply in its entirety, as you all would say it does, to obey illegal orders outside of the church. I believe truly, without a shadow of a doubt, that chapter 13 is dealing with the church of the living God. And it is dealing with that as the governing tool that influences other governors and governments of men correctly. Because you know what else you see in the world today? Look at all the governments that are reprobate concerning the truth of Christ. And there is so much discord, bloodshed, and hurt. And we're seeing the rejection of God's word in our own country. And look at the end result. Absolute tyrannical anarchy rebellion. He says also in verse 7, Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Honor an elder among you. He's a laborer in the word. Fear. Fear, we're told not to fear the things of this world. God hath not given thee the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We're not to fear the wicked one, but stand and be vigilant. So certain places in this uh, earth and certain churches, if you look at the different problems in the seven churches and then go through Ephesus and Thessalonica and Galatia and just start looking at what went on in those churches, you'll see that there were fears in some of them. There were different honors that were given. There was different customs that were given and that there were different dues and requirements for the church to lay aside goods every week and give to the ministers. And he talked about don't muzzle the, the, the ox that treadeth out the corn and those that preach the gospel should live up the gospel. There is just on and on and on report of what this chapter 13 is talking about. And I'm sorry to say, 
you go ahead and make it your state organization because I know how and I know why you have to because you're married to it. But let me prove to the saints of God and to those that have a hearing ear that that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the church of God. And it's talking about the customs within the church of God. And it's talking about the government that lays upon the shoulders of Christ. And it's talking about the truth and the true power of God, the law of God. It's talking about the true ministering spirit that is the true minister of the sanctuary, Jesus Christ the Lord. That's why Paul says, Oh, no man, anything. Don't be an indebtedness or don't be indebted to the state. Don't be indebted to the taxation of the federal governments to a point of absolute control. Why would you go sign your name on a dotted line and give your heritage over to state control? That's a question I have. The Lord is going to clean up the system whether you like it or not. And all y'all that are married to it, you're going to get cleaned up. Or you're not going to be anymore. Owe no man anything but to what love one another. Why? Because love conquers all. Why? Because the love of God passes all understanding. Why? Because the fulfillment of the law is to love the Lord thy God with heart, soul, and mind, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. And why? Because God first loved us, therefore we love one another. He says, love one another. This is an attribute within the church, and then outside of that, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's the aspect of love abroad. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled what? The law of God. See, this is talking about the first verse and second verse about the true power. The true power of God is the law of God. How do we, he's starting to see the whole middle was a sandwich. You got the outside, the inside, and the bottom. This is the sandwich. We're coming to the other part now. How he sandwiches this whole thing. He's dealing with the church of God and how it operates within and how it influences without. Okay? How is it that we've turned that around? We are influenced from without by corrupt government. You see what I'm saying? We're influenced from without. And it's changed our operations from within. You need to knock it off, churches. You need to knock it off, fake pastors, and repent. You need to quit it. For this, he says, thou shalt not. What? He's going back to the law. The true power. You, you, you see, children of men and children of God and those that hear this, he's dealing with the true power of God's law he says for this what the whole subject matter is dealing with the law of god not with the law of satanic luciferian governments your you men that are, are that are corruptors and perverters need to repent you have fallen down to the lawless ones and obeyed their lawless demands not god's commands for this thou shalt not commit adultery Ooh, another law thou shalt not kill Ooh, another law thou shalt not steal another law thou shalt not bear false witness thou shalt not covet 
If there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He's dealing with the aspect of what the law does within the church. Quit making chapter 13 your scapegoat for outside activity. It's dealing with inside change. The work of God within the church to affect the outward manifestation of man's governments. You follow me? It is briefly comprehended, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Are you going to tell me today that you are obedient to the laws of your great master government and your, your sheriffs and your counselors and you're in great obedience to the, the offices ahead of you that are causing tyranny and looting and bloodshed and murder and anarchy. Do you see how dumb you've been? Sorry. From the get-go, you see how you followed the media spin doctors and you listen to a lie after lie, to COVID-19 lie, and keep in quarantine, and we got to keep bust the curve and flatten it, and we got to keep going, and now you're seeing that COVID-19 was a lie to muzzle and house arrest you, and now you're under the tyrannic, uh, tyrannical government of an, an anarchical system of despotism, totalitarianism, luciferianism at its core, and you are hopefully starting to wake up. Whoa, even the churches have been affected, you might be saying. Well, we did give our, um, our inheritance over to the state. We, did, we didn't realize. We just did what everybody else was telling us to do, that this is what we do. But you see, if love was first within the church of God, we've lost our first love and gone a-whoring after another love, which is money. And so now we're getting the result of that sickness and we're seeing that we were controlled by the system of the dead and not the love of God within us. He says this in verse 11, knowing the time, you know the time, we know the time, that it is high time, meaning we got to move fast. Brethren and sisters, we've got to move fast. Paul said it then, it is high time to awake out of sleep. And if you refuse to awake out of sleep, then sleep on. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So take your rest and stick your hand, head in the sand and, and put your hand down in your pants and find a warm television channel to watch and, and spill your ketchup and hot dog down your wife beater with a beer next to you and just take your rest. Think I'm insane? All right. But I'm talking to those that are believers. Your position, if you're a believer, is to come away from that and awake, awake, O Zion. Wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Can you believe Paul saying that then? We are in the last moments. We're in the last moments. Salvation is nearer than when we believed. When did you believe? Have you believed? Are you going to believe? We're, their prayer is to help thou mine unbelief. You, you see how he's bringing it back around to the law, then the love, he's sandwiching it together, and then the belief. Help thou mine unbelief. It's The time is far spent. The, the, the end is now approaching. 
You, do you, can you know it? There's going to come a day when the heavens are going to be opened and he's going to descend in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's too late. And you know something? It may be too late when you draw your last breath. You better turn while you can. That's the call and there's salvation in none other but Jesus Christ. He says the night is far spent. How, how would he say that? Uh, think about it. When midnight uh, comes, you start going into the morning and the night is far spent by then. We're seeing it. The night is far spent. The darkness is raised up. How can you all not see this absolute global spirit, summoned spirit of wickedness that comes up under the false narrative of black lives matter? I'm not racist to black people, any color. But I'm going to tell you what, this narrative is darkness. Children of darkness, in fact, is what they're saying matters. Rebellion matters. Looting matters. I would say to all of them that are doing this, knock it off. You're manifesting what your position is. You're manifesting what post you're under. You are listening to orders from Luciferianism. And you're being obedient to a system of the dead. Knock it off. Repent and turn from your wickedness. Because the night, the darkness is upon us right now, old people. The darkness is encompassing the camp of the saints. The wicked spirit of idolatry is filling the land with evil. And if black, not black skin, not Negro, not dark skin, that's not what I'm talking about, but the narrative is darkness. Darkness matters to them more than life and justification. Eternal life matters to me. But to them, black, darkness, and evil matters. Justify wickedness and then condemn righteousness. Let See how they twist the whole thing around now where it's okay to burn, pillage, and mayhem and plunder by some emotionalism and victimization, even if the man was a had a record of violence turn it make that which is evil good and evil and good evil we can't allow this the night is far spent that's why i'm saying it to the church this is to the church and he says the day is at hand what is a hand well your chest and rib cage is connected to your shoulder shoulder connected to tricep and bicep connected to elbow down to the wrist into your fingertips and your hand so it's right there off of you, like it's not that far. The day, he says, is at hand. That's the day of reckoning. We're seeing the day of reckoning and it is at hand. Paul saw it then and we've gone a ways down the road. If Jesus was born in the fullness of time, that was a full cup and it's going the other direction. It's far spent. The night is the day is at hand. And light is coming, and I believe the church of the living God should be standing up. We should be rising up. We should quit looking at the system of temple worship that we've been under, and denominationalism that we've been under, and all the sectarianisms that we've been under, and I am of this, and I'm of that, and I'm this, and I'm of that. And we should get clean as cups of righteousness back under the truth of God's word, and reject the system of Luciferianism, because that's at the heart of it. 
Cast off the works of darkness. Wow. Cast them off. Mortify the members of uncleanness. Cut off the works of darkness. Don't allow them. Let the word of God be as frontlets between our eyes and holiness unto the Lord in our mind. Cast off the works of darkness and let us put on. What darkness are you holding on to today? Do you see how this Black Lives Matters things is created more darkness than it has light? But see, I believe something really beautiful. All things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. You see, for whom he did foreknow, and whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Do you, hey, can you people that are listening, you beloved that are listening, that have taken the time out of your life to listen, to listen to the word of God. I want to encourage you with this. This day in which we live seems evil and seems so bad and seems so dark. But sovereignly, the God of heaven has appointed it and we must needs bow to what he sees fit to give us. And comfort yourself with the finality of Romans chapter 8 where he says, Be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. This is the church whom he called. Them he also justified. It is God that calleth. It is God that chooses. It is God that justifies. We respond to that call because we're born of the Holy Spirit. Them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. That's a picture of <clears throat> glorification. Show me thy glory, O Lord. That is to bring you into the understanding of his doctrine. That is to bring you into the understanding of his mercy and his compassion and his grace. What shall we say then to these things if God before us who can be against us? I don't care what the wicked one throws at us. If God be for us, <clears throat> who can be against us? Isn't that a beautiful thought today? If God be for you and you have bowed before him, if God be for you, who can be against you? I care nothing for the decrees being made today and all the lunacy this is a comfort to the believers. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who shall be against who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The majesty and dominion of the kingdom, you are an heir unto it. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to accuse you when he's already forgiven you? Who's going to condemn you and judge you when he said there's no condemnation on you? I took it out of the way. Who's going to um, push you down when he's lifted you up? 
Who's going to hate you when he loves you? See, who is he that condemneth you? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Look, have you not thought all of those things may happen to you? I have. I have thought every one of those have, well, could happen to me. And in my physical, it gives me great consternation. But he said, <laughs> who's going to separate you from the love of God? Oh, dearly beloved, today you're sealed unto the day of redemption. He hath called you from among the dead. You have eyes to see and ears to hear and a mouth to praise him. Continue to do so. He says, as it is written, though, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But no, and all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And this is Paul's beautiful conclusion to chapter eight. He says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Comfort yourself with these words today, brethren, sisters. Comfort yourself with them, children of God, and those that are newly being born. Comfort yourself with the sound of the gospel. He said... Go back to Romans 13 to conclude this. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time, the now, now is the high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting. This is directed to the church. Not in rioting. What? <laughs> Can you now see with me the beauty of this? Let us walk honestly as in the day. Uh, now, hear me on this. For all protesters that truly and in sincerity are protesting in daytime walking and in love, I commend you and I encourage you to look and continue to seek for justice. I'm not against that. No, no, no. I'm against the tyrants that hide behind that and then perpetrate evil. Let us walk honestly as in the day. That is a protest. That is a protest that the church should engage in. But he says not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in fight or strife and envying. Do you see the difference between the spirit of the land and the church of God? This is the duty of the church. This is the duty of the church today. May it be renovated. May pastors be humbled and repent. The Lord has uh, wrought a great and mighty change in a lot of my thoughts these days. But this is the duty of the church to come out from among the whorehouse of Babylonish Roman idolatry, money-loving systems of the dead. Quit preaching the false gospel of I-willism. Quit preaching the false gospel of universalism. 
quit preaching the false gospel of a physical kingdomism and Luciferianism and start preaching the spiritual kingdom of God which reigns and dwells within the heart. And he says it here, if henceforth know we no man after the flesh, but he's spiritual, then here's what I decree to you today. This is the duty of the church. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. How? How? By not making provision for the flesh. <laughs> oh. Because everything I've been doing is fleshly related. How oh I you mean to tell you mean that my garments are bloody and moth eaten? You you mean my garments and my cloak and my covering is not pure and righteous in the Holy Spirit? Because my communication is meat and drink and physical, but not righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost? You mean to tell me that I have a filthy garment of physical and sensuality? And you're saying that my wisdom is from beneath and it's carnal? You mean to tell me that I've been addicted to the, the, the preachers of the dead because it's I love physical? I love pleasure. I'm a pleasure seeker more than a lover of God. So what you're telling me, how, how am I going to be a born again one, said Nicodemus. Uh, how, how can a man enter into his mother's womb again? No, a man must be born again to see the kingdom. That is a spiritual regeneration of the soul. So, Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the answer is right there. By making not provision for the flesh. And conjunction combined. Make not provision for the flesh. To fulfill the lusts thereof. Pastors and teachers in all humility I rebuke you and say. Quit trying to make a spiritual writ a physical book. Quit trying to make a spiritual kingdom a physical smorgasbord. Quit trying to make a spiritual Christ a physical priest. Quit trying to make a spiritual food a physical gluttony. Quit trying to make the spiritual word of God to the saints born of God that the world can't see but he sees because they're born of the spirit quit trying to make them to enter into your physical kingdom of temple idolatry I'm telling all of you that are stuck in temples made by hands to come out of the temple of idolatry into the glorious liberty of the spiritual kingdom of the new Jerusalem that came down out of heaven that John saw whose glory was remarkable and that is the doctrine of Christ. That is the truth of his word, his sovereign grace, and ruling and reigning upon your heart within you. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. See, these are the commandments. I, I, will, I want you to understand this. These are the, the commandments of the true and living God. This is the commandment of God to believe in his son. And this is the truth of God's word to quit looking for a physical kingdom. How is it that you cannot abide in a spiritual kingdom? You cannot abide in a spiritual kingdom because you're still worshiping a fleshly one. 
What concord hath Christ and Belial, and a believer and an infidel? The two are not agreed. They can't walk together. The two controversies was Isaac and Ishmael, the son of bondage and the son of the Spirit. The, the, the two are in opposition even unto this very day, Paul said in Galatians. They oppose each other. I want you to understand that where you are, if you're stuck in a temple made by men and a shrine with all of the faces and all of the glamour and glitz of an earthly kingdom in a temple, you need to come out of her and be not partakers with her plagues. You need to come out of the temple of the dead. Like that lame man that went in and said, Jesus healed me. And they said, who are you going to teach us? Get out of here. And so he came to Jesus and Jesus said, what they say? And they, you know, they cast me out because I spoke your name. He said, come follow me. We're to follow Christ into the spiritual kingdom of his dear son, where the Holy Spirit dwells upon the throne of our heart. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we're to remove our feet from the harlot's house and the, the addiction to government-funded money and the control of state-sanctioned organizations and to fall down and repent and turn from that back to the word of the living God where there is peace, not, not just some phony peace, but there's true peace that passeth understanding in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his written word. So at Hunting Under Heaven today, I pray this is an encouragement to you. It's an encouragement to me to lift up my voice and try to bring forth some truth out of God's word. And may God's name be praised and may Hunting Under Heaven resonate with what we're actually hunting for. The truth of God's word. The truth of of the family that he's caused us to be a part of, the kingdom of heaven. The truth about our own physical needs in our families, the blessing of man, woman, and children. The truth about our nutrition out of the garden and the physical health that we need. The truth about our leaving the place better than we found it as good stewards of all of God's creation. And the truth about hunting and life under this great heaven. It is a beautiful, beautiful creation God gave us, and we must needs teach one another daily while we can. Speak the words of truth in love. And in, and you know what? Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Hunting Under Heaven, James Schultz, give our page a like, follow, donate if you see fit uh, to help me spread this word far and near. And uh, if there's great offenses, I, I, I apologize for those offenses, but take that up with the Lord. Look at his word and quit listening to the doctrines of the dead. Look at God's word, my friend, and uh, may God's name be praised with much aloha. Hunting under heaven, James Schultz. All right.